need some wine. Yeah. Wine. <laughs> you have enough. <laughs> <laughs> there, Paula Wine, Paula Harrell Wine, too, because we're ready. We're ready. We'll get yes. back to the other Even though it's our one year anniversary, What Sibling Rivalry, the podcast. We were just doing 10. That was it, Paula. We were doing 10. And then oh. people wanted us to keep going and seeing it. And then we came up. Then we got had a partnership with KBLX. And then we did something with the Jamba Juice. And then, yes. then it kept going. And then the pandemic hit. And then we were able to do it virtually. Via Zoom. We got some fun guests doing it virtually. So some fun. Yeah. And we got we got Paula Harrell with P. Harrell Wines here doing her first virtual wine testing with us. That's right. That's right. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Our Bay Area family. Paula's our girl. We go way back. Way back. Way, way, way back. Cotillion days. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Some good times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all we're gonna say about that. That's all we're gonna say about that. Right there. Right there. Cheese platter by Gussie Chef Michelle that has me so I can have my pairing with my wines. Oh awesome. Yes. I have the spicy cheese, I have the chocolate, I have some other cheeses. Berries and grapes and crackers, so I'm ready. She's ready. Yeah, <laughs> we all should be over there. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so Paula, before we get started, though, tell us how you got into the wine business. So you know, yeah, people do ask me that question a lot, and it's very interesting because I do not have a background in winemaking. I'm not a cellarat. I didn't grow up, you know, on a winery, but I do have a pretty nice background in wine consumption. So <laughs> that's kind of how this all started. <laughs> okay. I, um, I, you know, I lived in Spain for a little bit in college. I was doing an exchange program and I sort of fell in love with the European culture and the wine culture. They kind of are intertwined. So when I moved back home to San Francisco, um, I, I decided I wanted to explore this a little bit more. So I started spending a lot of time in Napa and Sonoma and as many different wine countries as I could. And mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by everything about wine and just learning about it, developing my palate, learning how to pair it, um, all of those things. So before you know it, I bought a timeshare in Napa. I practically lived up there. My mother was always asking me, do you have a job? Is somebody paying you to go up there? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just going on my free time, but I was learning about wine. Um, mm. And so that went on for about 15 years. And I started to bring friends and family to the wine country and have them explore with me. Um, it was just really fun to share with everybody else what I was learning. And I okay. met a lot of winemakers. I'd go for harvest, learn about the whole process. I never thought I'd make wine. That was never part of the plan. This was just my fun little side hobby I was enjoying, right? right? But after 15 years of just building in the wine industry, people would ask me, namely my uncle, who's kind of a wine connoisseur, and he would always ask me, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, this is not my trade. My trade is real estate and mortgage loans, and that's kind of <laughs> what I do. And so, um, so one night we were at dinner, and mm -hmm. we went out to dinner with the family, and they they always pass me the wine menu at this point because they want me to choose the wine. So I'll get taste, like, you know, and that's something you, everybody should be feeling very comfortable about doing. When you go to, the, to a restaurant, tell them you want to sample a little, you know, wine, a few different wines before you- Oh, you can do that. Class. You can. Oh. You can. 
And so, and they prefer it because actually if you get a full glass and they bring it to you and you don't like it and you have to send back a whole full glass, that's not as good. <laughs> Their people are not going to be happy about that. The restaurant's not going to be happy about that. But they're okay with right. bringing you little tastes so you can decide. So I had a few different tastes to my family's dismay. They get tired of me because I might taste 10 before I order one. Oh. Um, so I had a few out there and I just decided, you know, I was passing them to my uncle and I decided that these two wines would be better together. And this is a big no, no, nobody should ever do this, but you know, I don't follow rules that well. So I thought they'd be better together. So I blended them at the dinner table. It was a Zin and a, a Zinfandel and a Petite Syrah. And I didn't show my uncle and I passed it over to him and I said, what do you think about this one? And he was like, this one's great. Which one is this on the menu? We should get a bottle of this. And I said, well, I blended it uh, at the dinner table. <laughs> and he looked at me with this stern look like I was still a little girl. And he said, you know, you're not supposed to do that. He's like, but this is a really good wine. And might I suggest you, you make your own damn wine and stop blending other people's wine. And when he said that, this light bulb went off in my head and I was like, that's what I'll do. I'll make my own wine. And I remember he looked at me and he goes, I was kidding. You can't just go make it. <laughs> joke. <laughs> you know? But at that moment, I thought, that is exactly what I need to do. I need to make my own wine. I can market it myself. I have, you know, an audience for that. I have a network. That's the only thing that I feel would be right for me to do with wine. So that's mm -hmm. my, my long story and how I ended up making wine. And I just went back to all the people that I had made relationships with over the last 10, 15 years and said, hey, if I wanted to make my own wine and I'm not going to go out and buy a vineyard, um, what are my options? And they gave me options and I decided on something called custom crushing where I can buy my grapes from different wineries and make oh. it at a custom crush facility with a head winemaker. And so that's the route that I took. And, uh, and now, yeah, four and a half years later, it's, uh, it's, it's been good. Okay. Cool. Great. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How, how many was, are you, wineries or black wineries or black winemakers do you know of or are there? Well, I don't know the exact number, but we're mm -hmm. probably, I mean, around, I'd say somewhere between 20 and 30 around the country and, and internationally. Okay. There's a black champagne maker too in France. Oh. Um, yeah, so there's not that, and there's, you know, less, the number is smaller for the women in the wine industry. Right. Than, uh, the black women in the wine industry. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're probably in that range, yeah. Okay, because really I, I know Earl Stevens. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> E-40 for y'all that don't know. I know Earl Stevens. He's a winemaker. He has his own wine. It's Earl Stevens. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I know Dwayne Wade has a wine and so does uh, yeah. I. Curry and Steph's sister, they all have wines too. So they all have wines. Charles Woodson, uh, Tamara uh -huh. Housley. Yeah, then there's the Browns, of course, Brown Estates. There's Theopolis. There's uh, There's quite a few, yeah. Okay. Mainly here. Most of us are right. here. So it, it's, it's a, the younger, well, younger generation in terms of winemakers. Uh, a lot more African-Americans are getting into it. I would say so. And, cool. you know, a lot more African-Americans are just getting into the wine business industry in some way or another. There's a lot of right. people that have, like, you know, wine tasting organizations or wine clubs or wine tours and things of that nature, which is great. Because, you know, when mm -hmm. I started exploring wine, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, there was none of this at all. Right. So I'm happy to see this. I'm happy to see that everybody is sort of jumping in and learning about it because it's been this taboo thing that it's only for certain 
people or certain echelons of people, and that's just not the case. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm to try today because we have three yes. different wines, and I know it's National Rosé Day today. So what what are we trying today? Okay, so first we are trying. I'll tell you what we're trying, and then I'm going to discover a couple of little tasting notes, so we can. Thank talk you. About I need those. I need all the notes. Instructions and stuff. So we are going to be trying um, my riesling. It's called Hay Street. It is a dry riesling, so that means mm -hmm. it has very little to no residual sugar. So it's not a sweet riesling. Oh, okay, um, good. But it's but it's it's quite lovely. If I do say mm -hmm. so myself. Um, I am a San Francisco native. The, name, the reason it's called Hay Street is from the Haight-Ashbury district. My parents, uh, my grandparents, my grandfather, grandmother, and grand goodness, sorry, grandmother and father had residential care home facilities for the elderly around the Bay Area. Wow. And one of them they had built from the ground up the year I was born. So they both passed on, but I still have the property on Hay Street. So paying homage to them and their business legacy, I named this one Hay Street. So. Oh, yeah, so that's why this is called this. So Hate Street, so this this is a beautiful dry Riesling. It's crisp, it's clean, it's got hints of uh, grapefruit and Bosch pear. Um, it's got a little bit of an effervescence to it. Really easy drinking wine. Effervescence. <laughs> um, really easy drinking wine. Um, the, one of the great things about Riesling and why I chose it was because it is a very versatile grape. So you can pretty much pair with anything. It's it's really not, it doesn't fight now with all foods. What do I pair with my cheese platter? <laughs> yes, yes. Off my platter, what do I pair it with? <laughs> <laughs> so generally speaking, you would pair a Riesling with like a Camembert or a Brie, but I had Shonda do, a, and you can also do like a hard cheese. I had Shonda do a, a jalapeno cheese, I believe, right? A hard jalapeno cheese because Rieslings pair well with spicy foods. Oh. So like Thai, Vietnamese, anything like that. Anything that's got a lot of flavor and spice in it pairs really well with, with Riesling. So that's why I had her try that kind of a cheese, just so she could see how it sort of stands up to the spice. It kind of tames the spice a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they really complement each other. So this is also great, though, like I said, spicy foods, but fish, pastas, things of that nature are great, too. But it's really good by itself. You can just drink this bottle by itself. You know? So how do we taste it? How do you, how do we taste it? What is the so, protocol? Protocol is, so you want to, you want to lean your glass a little bit and pour the wine in like this. Now, white wine, do I need have glasses? Do I need to change glasses or use the same? Do you have a white wine and a red wine glass? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, you have the small ones that I gave you. Those are tasting glasses, so you can just okay. use those if you like. Yeah, that's small. Yeah. <laughs> but you have the right one. That's, that's a normal size glass. Um, so you, so this is generally, like, white wines are generally in a glass more like this. Sometimes red wines can be in, in glasses that are like this. Mm -hmm. so, um, so basically, white wines come in a few use. So it's usually, like, you know, of course, it's white. But don't, don't judge my bachelor pad glasses. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, I see it. I see it. Looks like you know you put brown liquor in that one. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No matter what goes in it right now, it's a, it's a wine glass. I'm leave you alone. I'm leave you alone. Um, no, but generally, you look for like um, you know, it's a golden color or straw yellow. 
amber, that's, you know, d depending on what wine it is, those are mm -hmm. the different colors, the hues you would see in, in white wine. So with wine, you want to, the first thing you want to do is smell it, but you want to kind of swirl it around a little bit first because that kind of opens up the wine so you can get a better, um, it, it aerates it and it gives the flavor, it gives you the aromas. Now, the thing about white wine I want to mention too is that a lot of people like to drink white wine cold and, you know, you do drink mm -hmm. it cold. But you don't want it like ice cold because it kind oh. of constricts the flavors and the aroma. So you, if your glass is like frosting on the outside, it's a little too cold and you can always just like warm it up for a minute or two like this in your hand. Okay. And then just get it so that it's not warm, but just takes the chill off. And oh. then you want to smell it. So after you've done that, you want to smell it. And you want to see what you smell when you smell it. So you can, there's like two to five different things you might smell from like, Fruit, flower, herb smells, and then <laughs> I see you laughing. <laughs> I'm over here like, I smell wine. It smells like wine. Yeah, I smell wine. I smell grapes. <laughs> yeah. I smell like wine and alcohol. <laughs> so there's some layers. So you first you, you're looking for like fruit or flower or herb, depending on what kind of wine it is. Then you'd be looking okay. for like baking spices like oak, vanilla. That's going to be sometimes more with wines that are um, being aged in oak in barrel mm -hmm. as opposed to like stainless steel. And then you also want to look for like earthy smells, um, you know, and it's like an organic or inorganic earthy smell that usually is significant. Like that tells you what region it may have came from. Oh, okay. So you don't need to figure all that out right now, but get an idea of what you smell. If you smell, you know, if you smell the grapefruit, do you smell any pear? Do you smell apple? Do you smell anything like that? And then that's the most important thing you want to do first. And then you mm -hmm. move on to, the part, to tasting. I was about to say, when we get to drinking. Yeah, exactly. like, Shonda already jumped to it. Oh, yeah, she ain't so, smelled nothing. She just been, oh, well, y'all smell it. I'm drinking. That's because I had that spicy jalapeno on my tongue with the cheese. Oh. I like, I need, I need to drink something. <laughs> so then you drink. You have a little sip. And you can let it kind of linger on your tongue a little bit before you swallow it. Oh, I think I, let, I didn't let it linger long enough. Hold on. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Let me <laughs> the things you look for are body. Like, is, it, is there some body to it or is there kind of nothing there? It's just sort of light and it just goes right down. Mm -hmm. um, sweetness. Sometimes you get a little bit of a, a sweetness on it and you perceive it as like an oiliness. Mm -hmm. So you look for that too. And then you also look for acidity. So it's like that bitterness or tartness you might get on some wines. That's the acidity. And, uh, and then the tannin, um, the tannin is the is sort of like a sharpness. It's like, um, I'm sorry, the acidity is more of like a sour taste and the tannin is more of the acidity and the bitterness taste. And then the mm. last thing you would look for is like the alcohol level. <laughs> That's what I Heat, like a little warmness going on back here. Oh, okay. <laughs> like when Martin used to go, <laughs> that right there? Yeah, something like that. And the okay. more, the, more the alcohol, the more you're going to feel that. So usually when it's like over 15%, you'll really feel it. But this one is mm -hmm. a 14 point, at least 13.6 for this Riesling. So you're oh. not going to feel that so much. I mean, yeah. it's I, not shabby, but you know. Yeah. So Paula, I gave your wines out for um, holiday gifts for my aunts. And uh -huh. my aunt is in Houston. She's like, she had, I gave her two bottles, a red and, and a white. And then she, she went... Home and she's like, I'm not going to share this. I'm going to just drink this. This is going to be mine. She read your story on the back. She tasted the wine and she was like, oh my God, I'm so in love. She's like, I'm so excited and so proud of her. And I love her wine. I want to order it. So now I, I, she's here. I got to get her some more before she goes back. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I, I love the one. Right. Yeah. The dry Riesling is really good because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've dated some women who just like, we like Riesling and it always is too sweet, but I've not, that's the first time I tried dry Riesling. It's pretty okay. tasty. Yeah, because I like, I don't like Riesling. So dry Riesling. I like dry Riesling. And it's interesting because I've converted so many people, you know, I do a lot of events and when they mm -hmm. walk up, they're like, oh, Riesling. And I'm like, no, it's not a sweet Riesling. And they fall in love with it. You know, the German and the French are, that's the where the grape is native of Germany and France. Mm. And they don't generally make them very sweet. So I wanted to kind of pay homage to the way it's been made traditionally um, by making it a dry Riesling. So, okay. but it has and enough like fruit on it that I think right. people who like sweet wine still enjoy it. So does the, do the names of the wines come from the grapes that are made from like yes. Riesling's different? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a Riesling grape, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Why did we try the Riesling first? Why did we do the Riesling before the Rosé? Um, the reason I did it was because the rosé is actually made from red grapes. It's a red. It's from, made from red wine, and mm -hmm. so it's a little more full-bodied than the uh, riesling is. So you always want to start with the lightest varietal and move up to the heaviest when you're drinking. Okay. Um, especially because the, the further you get up in the in the food chain, the higher like the tannins get. So if it's like a, a heavy red, you know, you kind of mess up your palate by starting with the red and going back to the way. And I have my water to cleanse my palate. Excellent. Yeah, but someone says that they're, they're doing the wine, they're doing the virtual wine tasting with us. Oh. And wines, they said, uh, Ella said that she loves the Riesling. This Riesling. Oh, excellent. Oh, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Ella. <laughs> thank, you, Ella. thank you for that comment. Excellent. So now here's the thing when you go from. Um, <laughs> she finished that. hers. Are we supposed to finish the glass when we taste it? <laughs> a little taste. I mean, do you have to drive later? Like. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, cool. Let me finish mine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it looks bigger on TV. <laughs> it is good to take a little sip of water in between just to cleanse your palate. Okay. Start the next wine. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> now here's another another little tidbit. When you if you're going to use the same glass, like it's okay to use the same glass for the the white and the rosé, but generally mm -hmm. you want to clean them out in between. But you right. don't want to clean them with water. You want to clean them with the wine that you're going to drink next. Oh, <laughs> see, over here being busy. I'm gonna clean out my glass. <laughs> I'm like, so you just want to put like a little bit in like that, oh, and then you swirl it around, and then you can dump it. Happy National Rosé Day! Wait, we're dumping it. We're not. We're just gonna waste this perfectly good wine I just put in. <laughs> not doing that. Not doing that. So what do you walk around and pour it out? Pour this. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. The water just really changes the whole composition. You know, right. of, of the wine, so you don't want to mix the water with the wine just when you sip it in between in your mouth. That's it. Right, and this is the rose. Well, this is the rose. So this rose is called PJ Rose. So my first initial and my middle initial. I am Paula Jean Harrell. My father was Paul. My mother is Jean. There you have it. So <laughs> Daddy I, was like, "I'm gonna name my baby. I don't care if it's a boy or a girl." Right. Let me tell you what happened. I just I, I have to tell this story really quickly. So I'm the last of five children, and my dad's mm -hmm. first child is Paul from his previous marriage, and then there's my brother David and two girls, Gina Marisa, Margot Gisela, and then Paula Jean. And I was like, "Y'all just." 
got bored. You just were like, oh, we don't remember <laughs> names. We're just going to name us, name her after us. Like, I figured that's what they did. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> well, you anyway, got five of them. We'd be like, we're running out of names. Right, just put them okay. together. We're done. Paula Jean. So, um, so that's why this is name. My name is Paula Jean and this is PJ. But my sister Gina and my aunt also, they both suggested that I make a rose. And my sister Gina calls me PJ. So she insisted that this be called PJ Rose. Okay. And the funny thing about it is she was like the only person on the planet I would ever let call me PJ. And so, of mm -hmm. course, now that I have a wine called PJ, everybody calls me PJ because I never liked the nickname. But now uh, I, I like it. Now you got the wine. My wine. To keep up with the latest on What Sibling Rivalry podcast, please subscribe to us on your favorite platform. On Apple Podcasts, click on the subscribe button. And please don't forget to leave us a review and rating. On Spotify, click on the follow button under our picture. And on Stitcher, click on the plus sign under our picture this will keep you up to date on all the fun and funny. The rosé wine is from a, the rosé grape or? It is, you know what, actually this is from, now this is the only time, it's one of the times it's different. So the rosé is more of a style of wine. So this mm -hmm. is from a red, two red grapes, um, Ionico and Syrah. So Ionico is a South Italy style grape from mm -hmm. this area, the, the Campania Tuscany region. I don't actually get it from there, but it was it's been grown here in local right. California. Um, so it's Ayanico and Syrah, and Ayanico is actually a um, uh, it's a really uh, tannic grape. But the 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 way it's made, the way this rosé has been made, we've been able to sort of tame down the the tannins. We didn't leave the skins on for too long, so the color is like a really pretty salmon color. So you know how we were talking about colors before with the white. Mm -hmm. With rosés, you're going to get like um, pink, like light pink, salmon, um, you know, those are maybe like um, copper. Those are the colors okay. you might see on a rosé. So this one, I would say, is more of a salmon color. So the Ionico grape is from the South Italy, uh, South Italy region, like the Campania region. Okay. Uh, it's not here, but it's that style of a grape. And then the Syrah. So you get like some strawberry and, and rhubarb and even like a, a hint of, um, of citrus with this. It goes great with the Gouda cheese because, oh. you know, see, you got your Gouda. Got, your Gouda. got my Gouda. It, it can, uh, it sort of, <laughs> it kind of coats the palate, you know, when you're drinking wine. That's why you pair cheese with wine anyway, because it kind of coats the palate to break mm. down the tannins from the wine. So it, it's a really nice, uh, a really nice pairing. So we've got our rosé here for everybody to try. Rosé, National Rosé Day. National Rosé Day. It's rosé all day long. So this is, um, this rosé is about... 13.8% alcohol, so still kind of a, a reasonable amount of alcohol, not too, not too high. Um, so it's not, not very acidic either. Really, really smooth okay. drinking wine. And again, also with the, you of course can do cheese, but then also appetizers and um, salads, really, really fresh, light, crisp meals are good with rosés. But again, this is another one you can drink by yourself. I can't tell you how many friends text me and say, is it bad that I just finished this and I haven't eaten yet? And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> We're not judging. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. Just don't do that too often. Don't